people, nice dolly shots of people walking through like kind of like this, this kind of old school wooden house and there's creeks and maybe there's some sort of ominous shadow figure who appears when you turn, um, off the lights or something like that. And that's how they advertised it. Um, and instead the movie (laughs) is one of the most unfashionably trashy, high concept, new metal shock (laughs) genre movies that I've, I've seen literally since like the mid two thousands. Um, uh, so basically it's a it's a merging of the ostentatious like expensive digital filmmaking Juan has been kind of developing he's always been doing uh cool stuff like even in his blockbusters things like furious seven things like aquaman he's always right. been uh experimenting with what digital cameras can do what kind of shots you can get there's shots that you see in some of his movies that i've never seen in another movie even in this yep. like all the insane like wide angle lens wonders that he does and the impossible dolly and crane maneuvers like through spaces that don't make sense. Like there's <laughs> yeah. like a, a, sh- a shot in this where the camera almost like uh, feels like it's dollying through like the, the peephole on a door. And it's like, that's not possible. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. It has to be something to do with digital stitching plus the way that he shoots it. Or when he does but, the, the bird's eye view of the entire fucking house, like, and you see yep. every single room and the staircase and all that. Like she, she goes on multiple levels. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's insane. Like his style is unbelievable. It's really fast paced. It's very, uh, it feels like it's the word, um, kinetic. Like it, it's got like, it, it yep. just feels like it constantly merges with everything else that's going on in the movie it feels like it, it just never a, stops constant <laughs> sense of, of of movement yeah. and construction and yeah and, and it's all uh in service of one of like the messiest craziest screenplays anyone has tried to make <laughs> into a movie so that cost this much ridiculous. money in a long time this movie uh very clearly james wan clocked a billion dollars at the box office because of aquaman yeah and he's already gearing up to shoot aquaman too he's probably already is shooting it so warner brothers was like here's a blank check to make whatever you want in between <laughs> and he and he fucking took it and that's why i ended up having one of the best times i've had with a movie in a long time yeah because this movie is dumb oh it yeah is dumb as shit might not um, even make sense i don't know i don't know <laughs> but yeah but it, it, it's dumb in the way that um is actually kind of an asset when you want to <laughs> make a movie like this which is essentially for anyone who hasn't seen it again it is it is one it is up for a little while. It's the polished haunted house movie about, you know, a a woman dealing with domestic violence and the grief of losing her child and various things like that. Um, Then it turns into a serial murder mystery film, specifically of the kind of surreal, gory primary color lit kind of sequences that you would expect of the Italian horror, which is a great um, uh, contrast point because uh, it just so happens that we are going to be talking about Italian horror next week, Uh, specifically Mario Bava and Dario Argento, who are definitely two filmmakers who, uh, the giallo genre definitely inspired one. Although I was really cool. It was really cool to see someone make something inspired by giallo filmmakers and to not like try to do the whole like homage through like the film stock yeah. and like the look of it. Like this is a hyper digital film done in the exact same crazy style Juan does. But he threw in shit like 
the magenta and blue neon lighting on people's faces and a killer in a black trench coat and a black glove With pulling this, out like, this golden weapon. shiny blade that he yeah. just shoves into people's fucking faces over and over again or you know the the violence is uh, really gory yes uh, it's it's digital gore but in my opinion uh, again the whole movie is kind of digitally stitched in terms of the style yeah so that didn't bother me that much it didn't mind it didn't bother me that it didn't like try to look like a Fulci movie that it instead it was James Wan's version of that kind of imagery <laughs> yeah yeah um, and and the fact that it goes like like you said it's got the ghost element and then the second half is like the or the second part rather is is the giallo element and then it fucking goes off the rails and turns into basket case <laughs> the last 30 minutes is something I've never seen before it's and nuts. it is not only not only is it basket case which and also a little bit of brain damage Definitely. which is obviously movies both movies we've talked about on the show Frank uh Lauder films about sort of like the the sort of like conjoined creature splatter horror of the grindhouse 80s yes uh, very very good films if anyone hasn't seen them you should because we've covered them on the show but both are are really really good and are I'd say they're a little bit more emotionally complicated in terms of the relationship that the uh, the character actively has oh, with yeah. the creature attached to them. Because like this film, it saves the creature as a reveal rather than right. making it kind of like the the sort of like main emotional and sort of character thrust of the movie. Like for example, in Basket Case the it, it's about this little tumor twin brother that has grown out of his abdomen and the parents and the sort of like really terrible doctors <laughs> uh, uh wait until they're kind of like teens and attached to each other to uh cut them away from each other so then you get this little meatball named Blal who just roars his way around and the two brothers go back to new york to go and get revenge on the doctors who separated them yeah. So what's interesting is you kind of know that right off the bat while you're watching the film. This one, you're watching these doctors get murdered and you slowly over the course of the movie find out that, oh, this woman isn't being stalked by a killer and it's not some imaginary friend that she's had since childhood, even though I did like kind of some of the fake outs actually with a childhood friend. Yeah. That bit where she watches the tape of herself talking to Gabriel uh-huh. and she's like, shush, Gabriel, or she's talking on the phone with him about like killing mommy or something like that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It reminded me of the videotape, the VHS tape stuff in um, the six sense a little bit okay yeah um so that was what i kind of thought about so i kind of liked that little fake out but then yeah it turns out uh that gabriel is actually this tumor this malignant